Friends, welcome to Word on Fire Catholic Ministries. Word on Fire is an apostolate dedicated to the mission of evangelization, using media both old and new to share the faith on every continent and to facilitate an encounter with Christ and His Church. The efforts of Word on Fire engage the culture and bring the transformative power of God's Word where it is most needed. Today, we invite you to join Bishop Robert Barron as he preaches the gospel and shares the warmth and light of Christ with each one of us. Peace be with you. Friends, we return this Sunday to ordinary time, and the church gives us a rather extraordinary reading. It's taken from the first chapter of the Gospel of John. It has to do with John the Baptist. Now, I've told you before, but it's worth noting again. Very important when the when the gospels give us John the Baptist because they're compelling us to see Jesus through him. He provides a kind of interpretive lens for understanding Jesus. So whenever John is operative or when he's speaking, we should pay very close attention. And here's what he says famously: we repeat it at every single Mass. Listen. John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. Now, as I say, we hear that. We Catholics hear that all the time. It's said at every single Mass. But I would submit to you, a lot of us, a lot of Christians, even those who are pretty attentive to the faith, don't really know what that phrase means. I did a little informal survey many years ago now, but I just asked a number of, of Catholics, when John the Baptist says that, and we say it at Mass, behold the Lamb of God, what, what do you think that means? And really, to a person, everyone responded, well, it means he's, he's gentle and he's innocent like a lamb. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> fair enough, he is gentle and innocent like a lamb. But see, listen again what John says, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He's not just commenting on the innocence and gentleness of Jesus. John, we hear, is the son of a priest. That means he grew up in the temple. That means he was very well acquainted with what happened in the temple, and it was, above all, animal sacrifice. They say if we got into a time machine, went back to the ancient world, what would impress and surprise us the most would be the prevalence of animal sacrifice. Um, not just, of course, in the, in the Jewish cultural context, in almost every ancient culture. It was a basic religious practice to take an animal, sacrifice the animal as a religious act. We find it rather anomalous. If John had said, oh, look, there's the great moral teacher who takes away the sin of the world by, by giving us new moral instruction, we'd say, yeah, I get that. Oh, there, there's the great psychological counselor who helped us deal with, our, with our, our inner problems of personality. Mind you, I'm not, I'm not bad-mouthing counselors and psychotherapists, but that's the way we would tend to look at it. But, hmm, here's the lamb of sacrifice who will take away the sin of the world. I mean, what, what could that possibly mean? How, how does the, the killing of an animal and the offering up of its body in, in a fiery sacrifice, how does the pouring out of the animal's blood 
deal with sin. Well, and let me just say, this runs like a golden thread through the whole scriptures. Who are some of the people that perform sacrifices? Well, Cain and Abel, Noah, Abraham, Jacob, Moses, Joshua, Samuel, Saul, David, Solomon, Elijah, Elisha, all perform sacrifices. And as I said, the temple was a place of sacrifice for centuries. Think of the millions of animals who were killed in the temple. They say that you could smell the temple before you saw it as you were making your way to it. It would have smelled like a combination of a, of a slaughterhouse and a barbecue because so much of the killing and the burning of, of animals' flesh was going on. So again, we say, what's the point? How does this even make sense? How does it work that the sacrificing of this Lamb of God will take away the sins of the world? Just one more thing before I get to an attempt to explain it. We Catholics, we come to Mass, right? And we do indeed hear the Word of God proclaimed. But at the heart of the matter is not a pulpit. At the heart of the matter, it's an altar. What's an altar? It's a place of sacrifice. And the priest, that's important, isn't it? Not just the minister or the proclaimer of the Word, but the priest, that's someone who performs a sacrifice is doing his work at that altar. This idea of the Lamb of God is central to the basic worship of the church. Okay, so John the Baptist says it. The whole Jewish tradition uh, anticipates it. The Mass embodies it. So what is it exactly, and how does it work? Well, there's many things we could say about it, but let me just give you one angle on it. Think for a second of a broken-down car. Now, I'm someone that knows nothing about cars. If, if my car stopped working, I would just uh, call AAA. <laughs> I, I wouldn't know what to do. So imagine a, a broken-down car. What's not going to solve the problem of the broken-down car? Well, get another broken-down car. <laughs> line, up, line up 10 broken-down cars. Well, no, I mean, that, that's not going to accomplish anything. Okay, well, get somebody who really knows uh, cars, maybe knows that particular make of cars, and, and call that person up. Well, yeah, okay, he might be able to tell you, yeah, you know, you got a trouble with your, your fuel injector or something. <laughs> you describe the problem, you give him the symptoms, and he goes, yeah, yeah, I think the problem is the fuel injector and you got to do this and that. Okay, well, we've taken a step beyond just lining up other broken cars, but we haven't really solved the problem yet, have we? We might have named it more accurately. What do you need if that car is really going to get fixed? You do need someone who is above and beyond the level of the car. You, you need somebody who's, who's at another level and who understands the working of the car. But more to it, that same person now has got to be willing to open up that hood and get his hands inside the, the mechanism of that car. Or he's got to go underneath the car, underneath the, the chassis. He's got to get his, his hand, maybe his face even dirty with oil or whatever. He's got to work with that car to fix it. 
He has to make, listen now, a sacrifice if he's going to fix the trouble with that car. It's not enough to know what it is. It's not enough to, to have correct knowledge about it. He's got to make the sacrificial move by which he enters into the dysfunction so as to fix it. Might I suggest, anyone that follows the, the Tolkien trilogy, Frodo's got to get rid of this ring. He's got to fix a problem. But he's got to go right into the heart of Mordor. He's got to go into the heart of the dysfunction to do it. Now, think of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's come as Savior. Salvatore in Latin means healer. He's come to solve a problem, everybody. He, he's come to, to fix something that's broken. What's broken? It, it, we're broken. We're sinners. We're off kilter. We, we remain, I mean, fundamentally good because we're creatures of God, yes, but there's something the matter with us. We've all fallen short of the glory of God, the Bible says. There's not, there, there's not one man righteous, no, not one, the Bible says. We're all broken. <laughs> What's not going to solve our problem? Let's line up all kinds of similarly broken people. That'll solve the problem. <laughs> no, it won't. That's why bring all the philosophers you want. Are they going to solve the problem? Well, no, because they're, they're as broken as anybody. Oh, just get the, you know, the best psychologists and sociologists and historians, and they're not going to solve the problem. Oh, get, get the politicians, you know, just have the right social reforms. How well has that worked out, by the way? Look at the last 200 years of history. That's like lining up a bunch of other broken cars thinking they'll fix the, the, the car you want fixed. Won't work. You need somebody, first of all, who knows the problem. Huh. Might I suggest that the maker of human life and human being might be the one who best understands the problem? What's wrong with my soul? Might I suggest it's the creator of the soul. What's wrong with me? Might I suggest it's the one who made me, who has the best understanding of what the problem is. Okay, okay, someone's got to come from outside of the dysfunction, but take that next step. More than just knowing what to do, this one has to get down into the muck and the mess and the mud. He's got to get his hands dirty. He's got to get under the chassis. He's got to get under the hood. He has to enter into the dysfunctional human heart. What happened on that terrible cross? But that Christ, God incarnate, entered into human depravity and sin and dysfunction, cruelty and hatred and violence and injustice and corruption and all of it. He entered into it so as to, so as to fix it from the inside, so as to bring the divine love precisely where it's most needed. But see everybody where I'm going. A sacrifice had to be made 
a sacrifice had to be performed by someone above the sin, yes, the sinless Son of God, but the sinless Son of God couldn't remain isolated in his heaven making pronouncements. No, God so loved the world that he sent his only Son, look, all the way down, all the way down into our humanity, but then accepting even death, death on a cross. The Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, the one who is sacrificed so as to solve the problem, the one who paid the awful price that the healing might be effected. John the Baptist got it right away, didn't he? He didn't say, behold the great ethical teacher, though he was that. He didn't say, oh, behold the friend of the poor, though he was that. Oh, look, behold the miracle worker. He was that too. But John didn't say that. He said, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. The incarnate Son of God, willing to make this supreme sacrifice to save us. Everybody, that's the good news, and God bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's homily from Bishop Robert Barron. For more resources from Bishop Barron, please visit wordonfire.org.